So what's the big problem with wealth creation? How do people like us, who didn't inherit a boatload of money, who are investing and building wealth from our own blood, sweat and tears, how do we invest in a way that gives us remarkable results and become financially free before retirement age? I don't know about you, but I am sick of hearing from wealth gurus and experts who don't walk their own talk and prescribe strategies that are a one-size-fits-all approach. For self-made people like you and me, I'm here to tell you that you don't need to be superhuman or already wealthy to reach financial freedom earlier than 65. This is the Alternative Investing Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today is a very important topic and, and quite a somber topic, to be honest. Um, I really want to talk a little bit about the fragility of wealth. Certainly, conversations that I've been having with investors over the last 10 years or so has very clearly helped me understand that there are a lot of investors out there who believe that wealth only moves in one direction and feel very off kilter when, you know, circumstances beyond their control often cause them to lose great amounts of wealth. And, you know, if you haven't personally experienced that, I think you're very fortunate. But I guess the real lessons that I want to kind of tease out for you today is really to help you understand that, you know, no matter how successful you've been till now, there's always room for error and there's always a risk of error. I think often what I see happening is investors do pull a few good moves and start to believe that they're infallible. We think that we make a few good decisions and that we maybe have the Midas touch and then we get on a roll with our investing and sometimes can very easily fool ourselves into thinking that we are very skillful, that we sit outside the norm. And then there's massive confusion if things go wrong and you know, often it's due to something that blindsided us that we just didn't anticipate. And so, you know, regardless of whether you're worth 500000 or $50 million, it's really important to recognize that, you know, you can't get complacent. You can't be lazy with your thinking. Otherwise, you run the risk of, you know, massive fractures or loss. So, I think, um, you know, there's so many great stories of people who, you know, might otherwise have been thought of as infallible, losing huge amounts of money during really unannounced or, you know, they weren't prepared for some major economic setback that came about as a result of chemistry in the ether or economic factors that suddenly the market reacted to in a, in a very sudden way. And yeah, as I said, people were just kind of left feeling unprepared. I think the, the really important takeaway here is there's a lot of things going on in the market right now. Certainly, we want to abandon all crystal ball gazing because we do not know what will happen. Instead of listening to opinion about what is going to happen, we should be keeping our finger on the pulse of the market and our ear to the ground and be trying to read the signals before it eventuates into some action. And what I mean when I say that is that, you know, if you think about it, it's really people's reactions to things happening that drives the markets. It's how people react 
to news that causes booms and busts. And if that is true, then if we're listening to what is happening in the world from the perspective or from the filter of how will this impact people's sentiment, how do you think people are going to react to this, then you can start to put yourself in a position where you can start to make better quality decisions. So it's really important right now more than any other time in history. And I will save the topic of what's happening right now for another podcast, but there is a lot of uncertainty, more in my opinion than has been the case in other times in history. So I guess the first thing is it's really important that we don't get an inflated opinion of our wealth building abilities just because we have a big balance sheet. And it's also really important that we don't fool ourselves into thinking that things can never go wrong. There's always an element of having the right thinking and taking the right actions at the right time. And we can attribute all of those wins to our own skill set. But in fact, you know, and I've talked about this in other podcasts, there's always an element of just fortune and luck, which also carries us. So it's preparation meeting opportunity, but it's really important to acknowledge that and not get a big head if things have gone really well. I think it's really, really important now more than in the past to remain very vigilant. We've just been through arguably one of the most shocking events that most of us will ever see in our lifetime around this international event around health and COVID. And yet the impact of such a huge fracture has hardly been felt, partly because the world has been propped up by lots of subsidies and financial support that global governments have given to people to avoid any kind of really massive downturn. If you look back at news headlines when, you know, COVID first hit the newspapers, there was a lot of economic talk of there being an event which was going to cause something worse than the Great Depression. And in fact, we've had the polar opposite. We've had people with high disposable cash, with lots of money, with the the economy more or less staying on an even keel. And, you know, people have been confused and thought that that was a sign of we're on the start of another boom. So I feel the ripple effects of everything that we have just gone through still haven't been fully felt. And on top of that, we've got a whole heap of other things happening right now, which is, you know, a great cause for concern. So I think now more than any other time, it's really important to remain vigilant. We need to think of our investing like chess and focus on what actions do we need to take to protect our capital. You know, every piece on the board counts. So it's really, really important that we don't get complacent and think that just because we've got a good balance sheet or we've made a few good moves that there isn't a risk around loss. I think the last piece that I really want to kind of drive home here is this this idea of really, you know, now again, more than any other time, it's really important to be thinking about what our habits are and our rules are around money. You know, one of the best ways to build armor is in the form of habits and rules that guide our actions. We've got to make sure that any actions that we take, any habits that we cultivate with our money are completely congruent with what we want. So a small example of this is sometimes I have clients who, you know, express in in very emotional ways this burning desire to get away from the work that they do, that they either want to step outside their business or that they're feeling really burnt out. There may have been some love for the sort of work that they do, but now just this overwhelming sense of exhaustion or burnout is the general experience. 
And so, obviously, the starting point is always like, what is it that you need from a financial perspective to have as an income stream, let's call it a passive income stream, in order for that to happen, for you to make the decision to let go of the work that you do now or step out of the business or sell the business, whatever that looks like. And it's interesting because what people immediately jump to is the dream lifestyle. Let me give you, as I said, a small example of this, but I was working with a client who was describing this need need to really kind of, you know, make some pretty big changes in their lives over the next five years. And the amount of money that they were describing they needed was more than they're earning right now. And, you know, I understand and empathize with, you know, the thinking, which is I've worked really hard, you know, I've earned this, I deserve this. But when you peel back the layers of the onion, there was so much fat built into that lifestyle that doesn't even exist right now, that really what we had to go back to was this idea of if you had this baseline level of income coming in that would cover your living expenses and, you know, a little bit of lifestyle and your bills, that would be life-altering wealth for you. Instead, this aspiration around something that's pie in the sky is preventing you from making any meaningful life changes. So, you know, this is now a time to really be letting go a little bit of this glamorous lifestyle that you might have in mind for your future self and really coming back to what can I live with? What do I really need? And then formulating your actions and habits around that rather than at a time where, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty in the market, taking on any big risks. I guess the extension of that is we want to focus and refocus and refocus and refocus. So, keep your eye on the prize. So, keep thinking about what is it that you need and recalibrate our Nkosi goal. I've talked about Nkosi as being the Zulu word for tribal leader in many past podcasts. For those of you who are new, Nkosi is the Zulu word for tribal leader. And it's really a reference to influence that we would have in our family, in our community, in, a, in the world if we had a certain level of passive income coming in. So, you know, it's the number one KPI that we speak about in our program is what percentage of that goal have you achieved? And if you can stay focused on that and it becomes your North Star, then you can actually start to really look at kind of, you know, your wealth from the perspective of how do you first protect and then second of all, you know, keep growing that. So, I guess in terms of, you know, where I want to finish today, I think the lessons are stop crystal ball gazing and keep a finger on the pulse of the market instead. Remember that sentiment drives markets and, you know, that that it's how people react to the, the news that causes those booms and crashes. And there's certainly a hell of a lot going on right now, which as I said, I'll, I'll save that for another podcast. This idea of you've got to be prepared to adapt. Inherently, we know when things feel wobbly in the economy, no matter how much you listen to the news or don't listen to the news. Me personally, I am very selective about the news that I focus on. I don't consume all the news as much as people might think. I focus on a very select section of the news. I focus less on opinion and more on fact-based news, like what is actually happening. But I'm very, very conscious that as things unfold economically over the next, you know, even two, three, four months, 
I think that we have to be able to adapt. So often what I feel I see and hear from investors is they have this plan and the plan requires that they buy X number of properties, that they finance at X level and that they're going to expect a certain level of growth and, you know, there's a lot of redlining, there's a lot of hustling to try and get the next deal across the line. And what I would say to you is that you need to read the room. There is a lot going on economically right now that if we don't take that into consideration when we're making these big decisions to accumulate investments, that we're going to come undone. So things like, you know, really examining the vulnerabilities in your balance sheet right now. Are you carrying any dogs? Are you over leveraged? You know, while economically things are still in good shape, now is the time to take action to rectify anything where you feel you've overextended or perhaps, you know, you, you need to realize a loss that you previously may have thought, no, I'm not going to do that or realize again that you thought previously, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not certainly saying that you should do those things. I'm saying you need to look at the balance sheet that you have with open eyes, fresh eyes, and really think about where are your vulnerabilities. If the market were to maybe go south or sideways, you know, how would you fare? And then the third kind of final key that I want to really talk about is that we need to stop, especially during times of uncertainty, seeking a home run on every deal we do. And when I say that, like, I think Often we go into a deal with expectations of how things are going to turn out and we're, we're looking for assets below market value. We're looking for good deals. We're looking for consistent market capital growth. We're looking for, you know, a high probability of success. And what I would encourage people to think about if they are continuing to grow their wealth in the months and years ahead is focus on returns that you can live with, more modest returns with sustainable results rather than killer deals that kind of completely set the world on fire. And, you know, for me right now, part of the reason I think alternative investments are a good play is because they are less sensitive to the economic ups and downs of many other, you know, asset classes because you are predominantly investing for cash flow. And so, you know, looking for a modest return of 8 to 12% makes so much more sense to me than trying to leverage on a million dollar property that might grow at 5% per annum but more likely is going to cause me great stress because I've over leveraged or overextended myself. So, you know, this is an opportunity for people to not only um, look at their own balance sheet and get your sort of house in order, but also to be looking with a critical eye at what opportunities are available to you if things do continue to be very volatile or uncertain and recognizing that wealth is not infallible, but wealth can, in fact, move backwards. There are countless stories of people who, on the surface of it, were edified as some of the best investors in the world who've lost a lot. I love the US bankers, the stories about the US bankers. Um, one guy, Richard Fusconi, you know, he was listed as one of the most successful businessmen of his generation and, you know, was so successful that he retired very young. But when the global financial crisis hit, he lost everything. He had over leveraged. He had bought a lot of assets that he couldn't liquefy in time. And, 
you know, with the high debt and illiquid assets, it basically bankrupted him. So people who seem infallible are also as susceptible to financial loss and to, you know, market downturns. So now is the time to be taking action before anything happens. So guys, I hope you found this useful. Please, as always, reach out to me on socials and I look forward to chatting with you soon. You've been listening to the Alternative Investing Podcast. If you're feeling frustrated that despite doing everything right in the property investing playbook and you're no closer to financial freedom, then head on over to inkosiwealth.com to learn more about how you can use alternative investments to catapult your investing income and blend strategies to shave decades off your timeline to financial freedom. See you on the next episode.